0: Welcome to Disrupt Equities Apartment Investing Podcast. This podcast will offer weekly episodes equipping passive and active investors alike with the tools, knowledge, and confidence to build wealth through one of the most powerful wealth creation vehicles out there, apartments. Let's get into today's episode. Welcome back, everybody. Money Mondays here with your hosts, Ben Suttles and Ferris Musa. How you doing, buddy? Doing
1: good. How about back, everybody? We missed you guys. It's been a whole week, but oh we're here gosh. as we always, it. almost every Monday. But we won't be here next Monday, Memorial Day. So we'll be. Uh, That's
0: true. That's true. We'll we do take out. holidays off sometimes. Sometimes. I don't know. You're. We saying, may be here. He said kind of that we well. wanted to. He wanted to work. So yeah. I, was, I was. a little skeptical. I don't know. It's a good chance be... to
1: get away and nobody's <laughs> in the office, and we can <laughs> and actually catch up on some things. Might so,
0: want to take the holiday off, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see.
1: Not gonna let if, that happen, buddy.
0: If we're around. We might just do a Money Mondays just for the heck of it.
1: Shannon's going to Shannon will get a notification. We should go rogue. Money Mondays totally But <laughs> Welcome, everybody. We do this every Monday, three thirty central. What I'm your charming host, Ferris, and this is Ben. Um, I already
0: introduced us, dude. I know, but I, I want to introduce myself, myself
1: a little bit better. If you should,
0: uh, I, if you should pay attention. We're,
1: we're, we're talking about something a lot of people want to know about, right? Ooh. Self-management versus third-party management. Oh, this my god. This is gosh. really what can make or break your business plan and your operations i mean you know speaking from experience right yeah there's a lot that management is so critical and there's a lot that it can is. go right and can go wrong at the same time as well
0: yeah so what we're talking about today folks property management and the differences between being you know your own property management company where you manage your own deals and maybe other people's management or other people's deals as well right as a third-party manager or getting a third-party property management company to manage your deals right two totally different worlds We use both, we don't, we're gonna tell you the pros and we're gonna tell you the cons of each. So let's get right into it. And this is an interactive show, so we do want to encourage people to give us a a like, give us a comment, share some of your horror stories when it comes to third party management. I'm sure everybody that's had a property and had third party management probably has at least a little bit. We have our fair share. We've unfortunately had to fire five of them over the course of our career. uh, And that ultimately led to us starting Disrupt Management in 2019. So, we're gonna get right into this. I'm gonna throw this one at you. Some of these questions came in ahead of the show, folks, so we're gonna get right into it. What are the pros and what are the cons of self-management?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the big pro is just control, right? Knowing the details of what's going on, yep. You know, being able to have a very candid conversation with your team where they're not sweeping stuff under the rug yep. and hiding yep. things from you because you're all the same company, right? You're not really seen as kind of the, the, the client, you're really seen as your, the partner. Mm-hmm. So I think all those are pros. I mean, the cons is that it's hard, right? Ultimately, it's a it's a very people a business. intensive business, right? Yeah. Things go wrong. People, you know, there's a lot of emotions. There's a lot of stress. There's a lot of busyness. A lot of details that matter, right? And so it's just it's not a trivial business to start. You really need some scale, and even for us, we waited until we grew to a certain point to be able to go up and kick it off. Yeah. But even then, you know, it's just. It's a grind, right? I mean, it's not an easy business. You spend a lot of time and effort with it. So if you out there have a good management company, you know, be ha- be thankful, be happy. If you're looking to start your own manager company, again, know that it is going to be a lot of work. It's going to be more work than you expect. And probably better to do it before you're too big. There's maybe another big feedback. There's kind of that fine line, you need to be able to do it where you're big enough that it makes sense.
0: But you also don't want to do it too early either, right? Yeah, and I'm going to tell, know, you, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you one of the cons of self-management is you're financing a lot of it up front, right? Because you just don't have enough fees coming in as a management company to support the staff that you really, truly need. If you think about it, right, you know, that that third-party company, they've got an accounting staff, they've got HR, they've got IT, they've got regionals, they've got VPs, they've got people, boots on the ground, I mean, they're construction people, there's all kinds of people. How do you think that those people are getting paid? They're getting paid through the property management fees, right? So if you take it on and maybe you have what's called a thousand units, right? You know, and that was kind of, you know, we we had a little bit more than that when we took over, but you know, we weren't that far off. We were financing a lot of that out of our own pocket, Uh right, you know, to pay for that staff and we continue to do that, right? You know, so I'd say, you know, a con is that you're, you're paying a lot of that money out of your own pocket, right? Pro, I'm gonna, I'm gonna you know, echo what he said, that control, also just transparency into the process, right? You know, I think there's a lot of smoke and mirrors in uh, the property management business where they have a tendency to sweep a lot of things under the rug and they paint the best picture of every situation or they flat out don't tell you about certain situations, which is all bad. Now, with our own management company and with the third party providers that we have now, because we have good ones, um, you know we have that level of transparency and candidness between the organizations that we can kind of figure out, hey, this is the problem, this is how we fix it. right? And that's typically what you don't get, especially when you start off. But just realize folks that that's just how the business is, unfortunately, right? That's why you gotta, you gotta kiss a few frogs before you you know, either realize that, hey, you've got a good one or you decide, hey, I want to start my own.
1: right? Absolutely. Maybe yeah. you're gonna know, go back to the pros. One of the good things is once you get it going, Get past kind of the headache up front. It's actually really powerful.
0: Right? I was going to say It
1: becomes your secret sauce. Yeah. You know, for investors, for yeah. everything. Right. We know we can get into certain deals because we we know we can perform on them. That maybe a general like I'm just kind of a, a vanilla management company is not going to be willing to do. Yeah. Right. Imagine like the deep value add. We know we have the resources, the people, and more importantly, the 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 resources throw behind it. Yes. to, hey, let's go work through this, versus a management company will say, hey, I'm not gonna handle that's just too much work for my management company to do. So no. it becomes your secret sauce once you get past the hump, but there's a lot of humps along the way to kind of get through. So <laughs> I was just, gonna yeah. say
0: economies of scale too though, Absolutely, right? Absolutely, You know right. I mean? Like, you know, one of the reasons that we did it, this wasn't the only reason, but it was one of the reasons, was that you get scale, folks. And what do I mean by that, right? That means that, you know, I can combine my stuff with third-party deals, or maybe I just continue to, to buy more and more. Once you get to a certain mass, Right? You get better bulk purchasing, you get to recruit better people because you have more money coming in. There's just a lot of just intangible benefits of having your own management company when you have three, four, 5,000 units and above, right? Now there might be an inflection point where you have too many and it becomes unwieldy, right? And then there's there's another set of challenges is how do you manage all that too, right? But at the beginning, once you get to an inflection point, it's actually pretty powerful right? Because you can go into a market and say, Hey, we managed 25 deals. You know, I'm always going to have a star manager that I can shuffle around. I'm always going to have great regionals because I can support them with the mass that I've got. I know that I've got the best landscaping guy in the city because I provide him with so much business. You know, you can kind of get the point, right? You know, so lots of pros, some cons, you know, um, so you t- don't take that decision lightly if you decide to do it, but something that you should probably think about once you start getting a little bit bigger, right? So same question. Pros and cons of the third-party management business. It's all
1: the inverse of everything we just said, right? You know, nice thing. I'd say the biggest thing is typically they have more resources. Not always, right? You know, they they know what they got the perception of resources. Yeah, (laughs) they know what things work, what (laughs) things don't work, and maybe the biggest thing, the biggest pro I was gonna say is what Ben said: perception. Yes. As an as a owner, sometimes it's kind of nice to not know all of the sausage making behind you. I just want to eat the hot dog right? You don't want to see, versus if you ever manage a company, everything that goes wrong, you're knowing about, right? Hey, we have this crack on the sidewalk. Hey, this tenant tripped. Hey, this person's suing this person. Hey, you know, we, 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 whatever it is, right? There's, you see a lot and know a lot. And sometimes it's, you know, that that adds to the stress of what we do, right? And just realizing, hey, this is okay. It's normal. It happens, right? So I think, you know, using a third-party management, usually that stuff is shielded away from you for better or for worse. It's a good thing whenever it's, something that's very manageable to that they whenever it's something more serious, right?
0: And, you know, when we first started off, I had I had some management come and say, hey, that's my job to worry about that stuff, right? And I can somewhat appreciate that to an extent, right? They're trying to, obviously, ignorance is bliss sometimes. I hate to say that, but it is. And and I think you know the, the better management companies they do handle all of that and they don't really want you to feel like you have to be burdened with all the little nuances of the process, right? But sometimes that could be perceived as hey you're sweeping things under the rug, you're trying to keep things from me too. So you know I'd say I'd say the pro another pro of having third-party management is you're trying to get into a new a, uh, a new market, right? You know we're getting into Florida as part of our Sunbelt uh, portfolio, which is a couple spots left, folks. We'll get to that at the end. Um, You know, that is great because hey, you know, we're going with a third party management company that already has scale in Florida, right? So that's easy to get into new markets without having to have the scale of your own management company, right? So I think that that's probably a pro. I'd say con, you know, again, like Ferris had said, almost the inverse of everything else. They're typically not candid, they're not transparent. You know, you're really not quite sure what's going on at the property. And there's just, again, there's this smoke and mirrors that they tend to play, just because that's just how a lot of the people that have been in that business, that's how they've always been. That's how they've been trained to be, which is, you know, not to disclose a lot of stuff to the third-party clients. And again, when things are going bad, uh, i.e. COVID, you know, sometimes that can be a challenge. Right? You want to be at those points when, when, when the whole thing is, is hitting the fan, you almost want to be the, the inverse of that, which is you want to be more candid, more transparent. Right, you know. So I guess, what are some of the common ways a deal is mismanaged and what should you look for as an operator?
1: Oh, buddy. Oof. I can write a book on this one. Oof, right? oof. You learn a lot starting your own management company. You learn about all the little things that kind of get overlooked, things that you don't think yep. to ask. My favorite is really whenever someone asks, what's your fee? They just focus on the fee. They don't realize everything else that gets basically yeah, actually built back. The right question is, what's your fee, and what things do you build back? Yeah. But I think you know, if you have a managed company managing your deal, the things you want to look at, right? Look at what your release trade outs are. Look at the qualifying criteria for leases, and actually go va- validate that. Right? Are they screening? Are they not? Because again, that can kill you. Yeah. Right. Bigger thing. Go look at what your AP is, and then also go look at the amount of invoices being put into the system each month. Are they actually tracking AP or Is the staff sloppy and not tracking AP? And next thing you know, you have two, three months of bills that was never really put together, right? So those are kind of some of the common things. And maybe I'll also add, really, look at your staff, right? Is it actually staff or is it temp and some of the other things that we see? Yeah. Right. A lot of times, management companies like to use temps and locators as a crutch for not spending the time to interview and hire, not spending the time to actually lease and you know, market your deal. So, yeah. You
0: know. no, I, I would agree. You know, I mean, I think some of the other stuff too, you know, that you want to kind of take a, 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 you know, a, a thought about, right? Um, you know, and, and I think we, we might switch this over, uh, Shanna, as well. So, um, at the end of the day, right? You know, you want to make sure that you know, you're looking for turnover, you're looking at AP. You're looking at your GL codes, right? You know, but I mean, I think it really boils down to, you know, are they prepared, you know, for their weekly calls? Is the monthly report on time and is it prepared correctly, right? You know, there's, there's just those the, the, the little fit and finish that you need, the polish, right? I think it's important that, you know, that you're getting that, that level of sophistication and polish that you're, and that really, that, that drills down to what's actually happening at the property level too, right? You know, um, so some other things to kind of think about, right? Um, you know, when should you take property management in-house? I think we talked about this a little bit earlier. There's not really a, a, a unit count. Everybody. I mean, we've. I've had this question a dozen times. Right. When did you guys know when it was? We didn't. We didn't even really think about it in terms of unit count or amount of properties that we had. We just looked at it like, hey, this is the right time to make a change. Right. Um, and again, just knowing unless you're probably at two to 3,000 units, maybe even a little bit more, you're probably going to be financing some part of that operation. So just be prepared there. If you don't have that money sitting in your bank account or your business partner doesn't have that, right, understand that you're going to be running in the red and that's going to be challenging for you to continue to build the business and grow it the right way, right? You know, nobody likes to run stuff in the red, right? Because then you can't go recruit the right talent or invest in the business and, and, and ultimately grow it, you know, in a meaningful way, right? So some of the biggest challenges in the multifamily management, how does it impact your investment? I'd say, uh, we always talk about this, management is probably the most important partner that you can have on a deal, right? The Maybe maybe followed by a close second of, of a lender. No, right? sometimes no. management is more
1: important than your immediate partner. No, no, like, for I mean, sure. I mean, right? I, you right? like, they can really smuck a deal, I mean. You or, know, the, right? or, in or most really of that, they
0: it. can really make a good deal, you know, great, right? You know, I mean, we had, we've had we had both. And I'd also say one of the things that you want to take into consideration, right, is the the the, the dynamic duo, right? Do you have the right reason do you have the right manager on your deal? Because if any one of those two is off, I'm telling you it's not going to work. But I'm going to tell you, the more important thing to have is a good manager, right? And I'm not just not to take anything away from our regionals. We have great regionals and they, they do a lot around the property. But sometimes, you know, they might be at another property that day and that manager might have a crisis or a situation. That manager needs to be able to handle it. Right. And if you've got a strong manager that maybe is regional material, right, they're gonna they're gonna be able to handle that situation and the the, the, the thing's gonna continue to hum right? So, you know, some of those, those challenges, again, like we go back to is, as far as turnover and all that stuff goes, you need to take that into consideration, right? Because if you're constantly having that, that's, that also makes it challenging to get ahead in your deal, right? Um, another question that came in ahead of the show, as an operator, when should you take property management in-house? Again, kind of an, an iteration of an earlier comment, right? There's not really a magic time or magic number. You just need to have that gut feeling that, hey, this is something that I wanna do as I grow, and you know, how much are my, the management fees gonna be, potentially gonna be, and what does that equate to in terms of the staff that I can have back at corporate? Because again, you need great accountants, you need HR people, you need your IT people, you need construction folks, you need regionals, you need VPs, you need people that are gonna run the company for you, right? Can you support that with the property management fees that are coming in right now that you're you're paying to your current management companies? And if the question, or if the answer to that question is no, then you need to be able to support that, right? Um, so what are some of the steps to bring property management in-house, oof. So, <laughs> That was a fun day. Uh, So, um, you know, you can do it a couple different ways, right? There's always a 30-day out on, I would say, 99% of all the contracts that I've ever seen from property management companies. Typically, people are like, oh, well, does that mean I have to give them 30 days? not technically. What you can do is you're just going to say, I'm giving you notice, but I'm going to go ahead and pay you the month's management fees right now. And you're going to step away within an allotted amount of time. Typically that amount of time could be anywhere from today's your last day. Don't come back on the property, which we've done that too, to you give them the full 30 days or somewhere in between. It depends on what type of relationship you have with that third party Customer, or excuse me, uh, vendor, or management company. If it's if it's somewhat like, hey, we're so friendly. This is just, a, you know, what we have to do as we grow. Or it's downright hostile, like we had with with the management company that we did. We had to say, hey, effective immediately, you're no longer a management company. You don't don't step back on the property. Everybody is our employees now, and that was just essentially how it was, right? And we paid them off. We trued it all up within a week or two, and we were done, I, you know. But that doesn't always go like that, right? you know, but you know, you typically need to go according to what your property management agreement says. So, and if you don't understand the nuances of it or the terms and conditions, get with your lawyer. He will kind of tell you the right way to do it. Right. And just have some professionalism about it. Right. You know, kind of give them some feedback as to, Hey, this is what led to us either firing you or having to go in a different direction. And again, maybe there's no, no reason. Maybe you're just growing to a point where, Hey guys, we're, we're, we're just done. You know, we're going to start our own management company because we've got enough mass and maybe it's a friendly, Thing, right, okay. you know it could be, right? You know, and and in some cases that's that's kind of how it is. Most of the time, it's a little bit hostile.
1: Yeah, and it's like any company, right? You are starting a company, yes. so all the mechanics of a company need to happen as yeah. well. Do you have HR? Do you have benefits? Do you have you know? I mean, all these employees are used to that. You need to be able to compete in that business, and so you if you're going to start your own. I mean, if yeah. you're going to start your own managing company. Not only do you have to have heads available for a takeover because there's no guarantee everybody's gonna come on board with you. Yeah, right. That's it. You know, so if we took over all of our deals the same day, there was not a guarantee that everybody was gonna come on board. problem number one. So you have to have extra people available and ready to go. Yep. And then the other piece of that is now you wanna bring them on board and you gotta be able to compete. Right, if I'm offering you the same pay, but you're getting no benefits because I didn't do the homework to go set up benefits, well, guess what? Why are you going to take that job? And so, yeah, for sure, for sure. Really realize that now. You have payroll. You have all of the mechanics that a real company has to do, right? Versus most people that are buying deals, right. They're, you know, they're basically living off of the deals. They're not really a, you know, established company.
0: Yeah, and, it, and, it's a, and what people need to understand, us buying deals, being a syndication company, is completely 100% different than being yeah, a property maybe, management maybe, company. maybe let's give people
1: some perspective, right? Yes. So disrupt equity, 9, 10 people? Yeah. Disrupt management, 120 people? <laughs> Yeah. Right. Very, very different. And
0: they're different. They're, the whole th- the way that they're run, the way that they operate, what they do, the fees that they count when they come in, they're completely different. So I just want I want to make if you don't get anything from this show, just know that it's a, it's a tough business. Do not take that decision lightly and realize that there's a lot of nuances to the business. So you, you should at least get a consultant or somebody that's gonna show you, hey, you just need to do these five things when you're gonna take over and then do these other five things within the first month and then do these other five things within the first three months. Because otherwise you're gonna miss something, it's not gonna go smoothly, you know, but I think Ferris goes you know, put a, a really good point out there, right? You are essentially a staffing or a personnel company, right? That is what we do. So you need to recruit good personnel and good people on your team. And if you don't have all the stuff buttoned up or at least not a good timeline or, you know, explanation as to when these things are going to be done, nobody's going to come on board. Right, you know, like I'll give you a perfect example, right? If if you're a startup and you're hiring on your first accountant, you have to be very candid with that person, saying, "Hey, we don't have an accounting department, <laughs> so you're not only going to have to do the accounting, but you're also going to have to set up all the processes and the systems and the checklists and how to do all those things." Not everybody's like that, especially accountants. You know, and we love our accountants; they always do a great job for us, right? But point being is, is that they're typically very organized folks in the startup world. That that We live in is a little bit too chaotic for them, so you have to have the right personality, the right individuals, and that goes across the board for any department in a startup. So just realize that. But boom, I got through that. I don't even have any coffee, man. Jeez, got through that pretty quick though. So let's do some open Q and A.
1: That quickly, I mean, it's almost that time actually. So it's a couple of questions. Well, we're like five minutes late. So comments, thoughts, please go ahead and ask them. We answer them live. Our buddy Chris Collins had a couple of questions. Chris, what's going on? What's up, buddy? First question is, what is good practice for oversight on third-party management without being annoying? Um, the best practice, ask them for access to the system. Right? Yeah, I think if, that's good. You can yeah. get in, start to poke it, and start to understand things. Right, And from there, you can start to know what things you need to ask them. Yeah, I think. Right? You definitely got to be cognizant. We've seen this on the third-party side where some people kind of forget that like, you asking for things means somebody has to stop what they're doing. Gather that for you. Right? And so don't, you know, be careful of what you ask for, because some things you may ask for take 10 hour, 10 man hours a week. Hey, I need you to put together a report of blank, well, okay, you know, Uh, so kind of be conscious of that. But I think poking around the system, getting comfortable the deal is where you probably get a lot of things answered without being annoying. I think
0: that, I think, and, and just asking questions in general, you know, I mean, you know, when I was starting off, it was just... Regardless if everything seems straightforward, I would review all the financials all the way down to the GL codes. And I would ask probably 10 or 20 questions a, a, a month, right? You know, just to allow, just to let the property management company know that I was reviewing that stuff. Because trust me, they don't want you, to, and it's not that they're sort of trying to keep anything from you, but it's just more work for them. So they're hoping that you just eat the financials and you don't ask any questions. And in that case, you're, you're a laid back, cool client, right? But you know, hey, this is your baby. This is your asset. that's your money, you should be asking the questions, right? And if anything, you're keeping them on their toes, letting them know that you're reviewing said financials. But even better, what we do at Disrupt Management is here's access to all the financials (laughs) to the the systems, which typically not property management companies don't do that. You know, I think we might have started a trend, I think some of them do now. But point being is, is, you know, just going ahead and getting ahead of that, that's probably the best way to keep keep a thumb on them and ask questions.
1: All right, what else we got? Let's keep going. Also, Chris had another question. Great point about needing to fund a lot of capital at the beginning to get the management company running for a while until it can self-sustain. Yeah, I mean, it definitely, you know, management is not a very profitable business, if that. If you're managing your own stuff, you're not gonna be profitable. Third-party mm-hmm. management can be profitable, but again, it's about scale. So yeah. realize that it's not, a, you're not gonna be hey, services of that it. you
0: can provide, right? You know, I mean, if you get big enough, obviously you can provide marketing services and you can provide construction services. You can provide asset management services, right? You know, but ultimately that takes time to develop all that. In the meantime, you're gonna be running Pretty much break even for quite some time. Completely
1: agree. You know. Um, any other questions? Any more comments, questions, thoughts? Go ahead and ask them. Otherwise, we can keep going. We're going. Go. We'll See come me. back. All right. All right. So, as we've talked about on this
0: show, I am helping raise money with my buddy Eric Upchurch for Veterans Community. Two more weeks. Right? Project. Yep. They're gonna be. They're gonna be hiking up. And around lake tahoe these guys are gonna be grinding out i think it's a 170 mile hike you know god bless those guys you know i, I probably they probably would have had to leave me up on the top of the mountain but eric's in a lot better shape than i am so i'm excited to see those probably guys still come through
1: get left on the top of the i mountain.
0: probably would be you know regardless <laughs> but what i told him is hey i'm gonna help you raise some money and on top of that, I am going to stroke a check up to 15K for every dollar that I raise, right? So I want you to check it out. We are trying to build small, tiny homes for homeless veterans. You know, again, this is a this is something that I'm passionate about. My father was a veteran. A lot of my family members are veterans as well. And I think we, we don't want to leave these folks behind. It's kind of an epidemic that we have here in the, the country that we don't really talk about. And we need to take care of those that took care of us, right? So check it out, Veterans Community Project. You can, you can donate at Bit dot l y slash donate to homes for the brave even a couple bucks folks you know i mean i'd love to get to my my goal here it's coming up i think two weeks again i'll be stroking that check and i'm going to be doing that here right here on the show uh, just for a little bit of panaz and ultimately just to kind of make all this stuff a, a, a give some awareness to this cause right so check it out if you would all right, moving forward, we're talking about MFin. MFin, our oh. big conference.
1: You know, we Houston. Another bogo a sale. Come on! It's coming up in Seattle. Fun time to play. Fun time of the year to be there. Awesome yes. place to be. Planning to get out there. Go do something fun. Go do. What time hike, of the year is it? July twenty third.
0: Oh my gosh! So if you
1: guys are interested, go check it out. We're going to have some cool speakers. Tom Wilwright, some other people. As Robert well. Hells is going to be out Helms. there. So it'll be the who's who multifamily. Look forward to hopefully seeing you guys there. Go get your ticket sooner or later. Prices will continue to go up every hour on the hour. (laughs) So
0: (laughs) So we got a coupon code, you know, because Shannon doesn't allow us to make any money on this thing. But I want you to put use coupon code SPRING, S-P-R-I-N-G, and check out until May 25th. Get your $150 off an executive ticket. We want to see everybody in Seattle. It's a one-day event. Great speakers, great panelists, a ton of networking. And like Ferris says, come a couple days early, enjoy Seattle, or maybe stay a couple days later, right? You know, and there's always great networking on Friday and there's always great networking on Saturday night as well. Mm-hmm. So Boom, moving along. We've got our meetup next week. I cannot believe how quickly these things just roll around. totally agree. You know, you oh my gosh. check guess. it out.
1: We have our guest speaker, Mr. Anton Matley there. Malley. There will be some other surprise guests possibly there too. So yeah. look forward to hopefully seeing you guys there.
0: Yeah, so Anton Matley, peakfinancing.com. Check him out. Multifamily Financing 2022 Market Outlook. He will be in person answering all of your hot button questions about interest rate caps, irr and every other complicated metric that we can throw at this guy. He and, is one of the sharpest guys that I know right reading. now
1: this is the most important thing of what's going on right yes. now in the
0: debt and interest rates yeah. are the most important question you should be asking yourself right now as you're looking at deals. And Anton has his thumb on the pulse of the whole entire thing. Check it out disruptequity.com/htx meetup and we will be seeing you out there June 2nd next week. 7 p.m. Pitch 25 Beer Park here in Houston, Texas. And last but not least, the Sun Belt Diversified Portfolio. We got a few spots left. Love for you to participate, so check that out. DisruptEquity.com slash Sunbelt Portfolio. Click the link in the caption. We've got three great deals. Austin, Daytona, Atlanta, diversification, great hedging against the inflationary environment that we find ourselves in. Great deals on their own.
1: Absolutely. And we're really,
0: really excited about this one. But yeah, these we're wrapping deals up. Are
1: closing soon, and this fun as wrapping up soon. So if you're interested, yep. definitely check it out. it be a good way to get it deploy your money into something a little diversified, and guess what? Yep. It's a great hedge against inflation, so. And,
0: and I think one thing too, right, bonus depreciation going away, you yes, know, sir. so check that out. We will be doing cost segregation on these as well. All right, what are we talking about in the following week because we're not gonna be here next
1: Monday. I build your investment strategy oh. during uncertain times.
0: Oh, 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 so we look forward to talking to you not next Monday, because that'll be Memorial Day weekend, but the following Monday, and we'll see you then.
1: We hope you enjoyed today's episode on Disrupt
0: Equity's Apartment Investing Podcast. We have some really great episodes coming up, so make sure to subscribe to the podcast. For those interested in passively investing in cash-flowing multifamily properties, visit DisruptEquity.com invest. Fill out your information there, and you will get notified when we release our next multifamily passive investment offering.